This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, July 4th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court isn't taking a case on qualified immunity, and efforts to abolish the court-invented doctrine legislatively still faces an uncertain future. In Colorado, though, that state has done away with it as part of a massive criminal justice overhaul. Leslie Herod is a Democratic state representative in Colorado. She wrote the bill that, among other things, abolished qualified immunity in the state. We spoke earlier this week. Following the deaths of Breonna Taylor in Louisville, uh, where I am, uh, George Floyd in uh, Minneapolis, and this, you know, apparent groundswell of support for Black lives, for ending police brutality, uh, some states have acted where the feds have not. So what has Colorado done? Yeah. Well, I'm proud to say that Colorado has become the first state to end qualified immunity at the state level. Um, What we did was in direct response to the protesters, to the calls for justice, and the unfortunate deaths of people right here in Colorado, like Elijah McLean and Devon Bailey, um, we introduced a sweeping reform package, the, the Law Enforcement Accountability and Integrity Act, um, to really ensure that we were holding law enforcement officers accountable. So the bill does a few things. Uh, it changes the entire use of force statutes so that you can no longer do things like chokeholds or fleeing felon, meaning shooting someone in the back, but it also reins in when it's appropriate to use force to an objective as opposed to subjective standard, which is really important. We also included a duty to intervene where law enforcement officers have to intervene if they see another law enforcement officer using excessive force. Um, There's a lot of data requirements in the bill. Every time you unholster your weapon, um, who you point it at, all of those things are also in the bill. And we also take away your post-certification if you have excessive use of force. What is a post-certification? That's your ability to um, present in Colorado as a peace officer. So that you can't work as a peace officer ever again if you have this excessive use of force on your file. But The reframing and all of these different things that we put in law were really important because what we wanted to make sure was that law enforcement was held criminally and civilly um, liable and responsible for their actions, which is where the qualified immunity part comes in. And I know with the work that you're doing, you really care about that piece, but it's hugely important that we pass these measures across the country so that law enforcement officers understand that they will be personally held, held personally accountable when they overstep their bounds and they violate the law. Specifically with respect to qualified immunity and state law, uh, why does that matter? Why should states be uh, undertaking these uh, this kind of prohibition or ending qualified immunity when federal courts are right there and uh, that's where a lot of people would be seeking relief? Yeah. Well, the federal courts are not there yet on um, ending qualified immunity at the federal level. So we have to do it at the state level. But also states provide uh, a lot of times more protections uh, than the federal government. So having a state level intervention is so important. One, because the people have more access to to justice through the state process. Um, But also because we do need to ensure that we're holding law enforcement accountable right now not waiting for the federal government to do it, and that folks are protected constitutionally for their constitutional constitutional rights right here in their own state. So it's really important that we pass it at the state level. And quite frankly, we can do it. We don't have to wait for the feds to act to make it happen. Um, let me tell you one 
one way I look at it. It's very similar to asset forfeiture. Um, I ran an asset forfeiture bill in Colorado years ago, my first year as a freshman. We passed that bill. And people were saying, oh, we're going to wait for the feds. The feds are going to be fine. Well, here we are years later, and the feds still haven't done what they said was the right thing to do. So we needed to make sure that we had a state law because one, it's easier to access the state courts, but two, because we need to ensure that Coloradans are protected right here in our state and have access to justice, qualified immunity. We need to make sure that Coloradans right here have access to justice. So uh, what has been the response from your fellow lawmakers? Obviously, the bill passed. It was signed by uh, Governor Jared Polis. What is, I mean, what? What brought them to the table? It was interesting because we did go back to that asset forfeiture um, model. So we pulled in folks who we thought uh, would be interested based on their support of that bill, um, Democrats and Republicans. Um, but initially, we introduced the bill with all Democrats only. Um, and we had not had conversations with Republicans. And I think probably I didn't give people enough of a chance, if I'm being honest with you. I'm, I'm a Democrat myself. Um, but as we introduced the bill, we went to law, former law enforcement officers. We went to conservative attorneys. Um, we went to members who represent rural districts and said, you know, which pieces of this bill can you get behind? And I will say, and I, I think, again, it's, it's because of the work of some conservative-led organizations who have worked on qualified immunity, um, who came in and had conversations about why this was important. Um, I think that is why, ultimately, um, the other side of the aisle, Republicans came over and chose to support this bill. Because when you explain it, when you explain that someone's violating someone's constitutional rights and they're hiding behind a shield of immunity, people kind of get that as wrong. That's not the way we should be acting in this country. We should not be giving people these blanket, this blanket immunity to do whatever they want. And you can see the abuses happening right here at, our, at the local level. So it, it, Colorado, it strikes me, seems to have uh, a culture of independence. Uh, it's notoriously a swing state uh, in presidential election years. Um, do you sense that this was a relatively easy sell that uh, other states might have a hard time replicating? Or is this something, this kind of big reform, something that any state can do? Well, I don't think it was an easy sell by any means, um, but I do think it's something that every state can do. You really just have to have the conversations. There are people and organizations and, and groups on both sides of the aisle, all sides of every aisle, who agree that qualified immunity needs to be removed. Now, qualified immunity has gone from a little tiny uh, protection to this huge ballooning, all-encompassing protection for a lot of um, government employees, but especially law enforcement officers. And when you start to explain that to people, you see them shifting and understanding that, you know, we are protectors of the Constitution. Um, we believe that people should have their constitutional rights and if they're violated, they should have recourse. And so you actually can see their faces change and people will say, yeah, this is the right thing to do. You just have to come at it from the perspective that they care most about. Um, that could be the right, that could be the left, or that could be the middle, but it is the right solution. And states can do it across the country. And I know states are considering it right now. Uh, what states? Well, you know, I wish I could, uh, I wish I could give you that information, that little teaser, but I can't, but I will tell but you. But there are, but I've there been, are lawmakers from other states who are speaking with you. 
Yes, I've received calls from lawmakers from across the country asking how they could pass a bill similar to ours um, and specifically asking about that qualified immunity piece. It's just so important. Have you had uh, any conversations with Colorado's U.S. congressional delegation? I have. Um, You you know, I I will be fair again and say that I've only spoken to folks on the Democratic side of the aisle um, at this time. Uh, but uh, I would assume there'd be support from the other side as well. Uh, the Democratic side is very much supportive of ending qualified immunity. Now, again, I'm only coming from it because I am a Democrat, but I'm not saying that Republicans won't support it because they did right here in Colorado. And those very influential Republican members um, have power over the federal, you know, have power in relationship with the federal delegation as well. So um, I think there's a real path here. Um, But again, we can't wait for the federal government to act. As we know, things shift, you know, by the minutes. And it's like, it's changing so quickly, but things are still moving just as slow through the federal process. And if you have your state constitution, why shouldn't you be held accountable to that? You know, why shouldn't law enforcement officers be accountable to the state constitution? That's what this does. You made note of the fact that, you know, state constitutions quite often provide uh, a great many additional protections uh, for uh, liberty interests than the U.S. Constitution does. And I've spoken with people who are judges, people who are attorneys who argue in state court, and they say, look, what judges need to look to the state constitution first and not rely on the U.S. Constitution, especially if they're state judges, this is—it's their job to work within within those confines. Do you uh, think that that this ending qualified immunity in Colorado is going to have a substantial impact, and how will you know if it has worked well? Absolutely, it will have a substantial impact. And, you know, you said all of the, the, you know, everything that you said, I completely agree with about the state access to someone's rights. But what we don't talk about is that actual shift in culture that will happen. Because again, people will be held personally liable for their actions. They won't be able to hide behind a shield. So similarly to maybe a doctor, maybe a nurse who has some personal skin in the game, if they, um, if they have malpractice, right? That should happen um, with with law enforcement as well. It changes the culture. It holds people more accountable. And when they see red, it helps them to think before they act just a little bit more. Um, that's all we. That's all we're asking for. Um, but also, it will save lives. I mean, there are definitely places where we have seen across the country law enforcement officers acting outside of their of the scope of law, right? acting outside of what they should be able to do and not do, and they know it. And it unfortunately ends in the death of people, right? Um, The loss of lives. And we can actually rein that in and we can stop that. But beyond that, we've got things that are happening in our communities across the country, illegal search and seizures, you know, um, intimidation with a firearm, all of these things that are happening are actually now you could be held accountable both criminally and civilly. And again, I just think that is so important because it shouldn't just be, you know, we have one constitutional right that's protected. Maybe, you know, yes, we all agree that um, this person shouldn't have been murdered by law enforcement. But what about all the other things? What about all of the illegal search and seizures? You know, what about all of the raids? What about all of those other things that are happening? If they happen outside of the scope of the Constitution, that officer should be held accountable as well to that 
um, both again, criminally and civilly. And I'll keep saying that because they both matter. Yeah. And if uh, to the extent that a police officer is engaging in some sort of intimidation tactic or does not receive consent for a certain kind of search, to the extent that those are open questions that are unresolved, it's it ought to be on state courts to resolve what those rights actually mean fleshed out. Absolutely. Turning off your body camera, right? Things like that. Those are things that the, the, the state court should, should figure out, and we should have swift access to justice. Leslie Herod is a Democratic state representative in Colorado. We spoke this week. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.